Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. girls did you just hear me say to the team here where's the sizzle where's the little prelude thing but it was obviously plain so um are you good this morning okay again why don't we just welcome everyone into the room amen we're with friends and we're with family and even if you're actually on your own right now um you know what you can give yourself a little cheer Well done for turning up. And as always, girls, um, this is our sisterhood. It's our friendship table. And uh, we are getting towards the end of our first season of this, which is amazing. And so I pray that you've had a great week. You've had a great week, a good week, and that you're in good spirits. And you know what? If you actually aren't, it's okay, because you know what? It's only Thursday, girls. Mm -hmm. Amen. His mercies are new every morning. We prayed for you as we started this morning here in the studio. And um, His mercies are always new every morning. And you know that I say that constantly because I actually do believe it. And actually, sometimes, girls, I like going to bed. I'm like, I need to put myself to bed because in the morning, His mercies are going to be new (laughs) towards us. Amen. So um, I don't know if I just mentioned this or not, but whether you're gathered in our locations um, at Hillsong Church, sisterhood around the country, etc., or whether you're watching online or whether you're new to the page today, you're joining us for the first time. It's fantastic to have you here. So if you're in the chat, why don't you just say hi, say if you've had a good day, a good week or not. And I want, why don't you guys just turn around and um, COVID restrictions are easing in many places. So if you're allowed to give the girl beside you a little pat, a little hug, a little high five and just connect. Amen. So there we go. It's beautiful. Um, amen. <laughs> Praise God. I am excited today because obviously here at the table, um, we've got Donna Crouch and Beck Wood um, and the beautiful Fuzzy One Day. It got it right. One day. And uh, we're going to continue on this morning from last week where we were talking about age and ageing or what title did I give it, age and all that stuff. And so I'm kind of excited about that. So really quickly, because we want to get into it, um, there's been great feedback from last week. I think the girls are enjoying it. And so Fuzzy, you told me that you a friend texted you. She texted me and she said that she um, loved the topic and she actually felt seen. She felt seen. You know, as a 48-year-old woman, she felt seen. I love that. It's beautiful. I um, personally, I went to um, physio <laughs> last last Thursday afternoon, as we do, because we were talking about all the glorious aches and pains. So I went to physio for a few things that I contend with. And um, the beautiful Anne Polly came up to me. I was on a machine, a strengthening machine. And she came up, leaned into my ear and said, good job today good job today. And she's like one of our older sisters. And she said um, that she and her girlfriends went out to lunch and they had a really good chin whack about it. So that was pretty cool. Beck, you got to race off last week into the city for a birthday. I did. And I had a great lunch with a group of girls who had just sat around a similar table and had had great conversations after. I think one of the beauty 
the beautiful things that came out of it was when um, two girls in their 30s both hit very different milestones. Right. Um, really just sat and validated each other and where each other was at, whereas they were sitting there thinking, I think you're amazing, everything that you've achieved. I wish I, <laughs> I feel like I should have achieved what you have. And then on the other hand, other person's like, I look at your life and think right. you've achieved so much, I wish I had achieved. So I just think it's a beautiful conversation where we can get alongside each other and validate where each other's at, where quite often the struggle's in our head. Mm-hmm. But when we say it out loud, we're like, oh, maybe I'm not doing so bad. Absolutely. Which is actually why we love sisterhood. Yeah. I mean, the core bottom reality, I mean, we're united in friendship and cause. There's so much beautiful language across um, our journey as a sisterhood for 25 or six or seven years. But um, I love that sense of camaraderie. I love the idea of young and old coming together. And, you know, they, they, they were mindsets that we had to break back in the day. I remember breaking those mindsets that young couldn't hang out with older women and vice versa. And all those things are broken down. And so we need to to cherish that and protect it and guard it, amen, and be advocates of it. Um, I, in a moment, Donna, I'm going to get Donna to speak, but I... um, I referenced um, Hilma Prister's story last week. And um, so Hilma is actually my daughter-in-law, Lucille's nana. And so they were texting one another. Lucille texted me with all these like crying emoji (laughs) faces because she had watched and loved it from California. And then she showed me this text between her and her nana, which was gorgeous. But at the end of it, Hilma goes, yes, aging is not for sissies, (laughs) which was kind of (laughs) awesome. So as I spit across the table. So yeah, anyway, praise the Lord. Amen. Shall we pray, girls? Amen. Let's just pray and commit our time to our Heavenly Father. So Father, we welcome You into this space and we declare, Lord, that You are our God and that You're a good God, a good Heavenly Father. And Holy Spirit, we welcome You into this conversation. May it be warm and honouring and full of wisdom and um, inspiring in Jesus' Name. We just pray for every girl, every person who is listening in, that You'll bless them today. Amen. Amen. And again, if you're in um, campuses and locations, you know, our team there, they bookend this table and they're going to take care of the things that are needful and they're there to support you and to pray for you in whatever way you need. Amen. So it's awesome. Okay, so last week was good, obviously, and um, I took time intentionally at the front end to open up the subject. One of the points I said was that it's okay I think it's okay to wrestle with the idea or some of the realities of ageing as long as (laughs) you come out on the other side with truth. And if we look into the Old Testament, Jacob wrestled with the angel of God, um, but he came out the other side with truth. He also came out with a bit of a limp because I think God wanted to remind him of how powerful the wrestle in the moment was. But he actually came out with a revelation um, of actually who he was. And so... um, Last week, Donna, um, because time escaped, Donna didn't get to share everything that was on her heart. So I'm going to get her to take a few moments, look down the barrel of the camera, right into your heart and your eyes, and just share what is on her heart. And one of the things, I hope I'm not like um, running ahead of you, but something that you just added at the end last week is a comment where you said um, a friend of yours who lost someone that they loved who was younger, said to you, "Mm, ageing is a privilege. And it really honestly, was it not? It was one of the the most powerful things on the table. 
And I'm telling you that to say, I went that afternoon, like I said, to physio and I went into a little deli store that I go to occasionally. And the woman there, I don't believe she's from, she's not from church. She somehow knows me. I think I place a Christmas order there every Christmas. And so she remembers me. She said, hello, Bobby, and et cetera, et cetera. I asked how she was and she hesitated. And then she said, um, yeah, no, last year was awful. I lost my 27-year-old mm. daughter to cancer. Mm. And, um, you know, I just stood there and it made me, I was reminded of what you said. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know what, we're surrounded with life, girls. Mm -hmm. And this is never going to ever be about just us. It's about us being mindful of a world out there that's hurting and that is broken mm -hmm. and needs grace. So um, I'm, I'm going to put a little love package together for her and yeah. um, bless her. So Donna, why don't you just share with the girls sure. what's on your heart? So, yeah, I just thought we'd just... Follow that thread for a minute that Bobby just just opened up with and can't wait to hear where Fadzi and Bobby go with this. But so the ageing that my friend said, ageing is a privilege not afforded to everybody. Mm. And we, and like you said last week, Bobby, um, we live in a culture obsessed with youth mm. and even young people are obsessed with looking younger. Oh, <laughs> How funny are. is that? No, like 19 year olds are trying to look younger. And the Mission Australia Youth Survey consistently for years has listed body image as a, one of the top three concerns for young people. And that's not to put anybody young down listening today. That's to say that we are living in a society and a culture mm -hmm. that is pushing so hard on us. And as followers of Christ, he has said, I'm giving you my kingdom on earth wow. and I want you to grab it and I don't want you to add it to the culture. I want you to embrace my kingdom come here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the challenge. How do we live his kingdom in the culture that we are living in? So may I just start with this beautiful verse that the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy. And he says um, to, to this young leader, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young, but be an example to all believers um, in what you say, the way you live, in your love, in your faith and in your purity. And I reckon, you know, he would say today to us women, don't let anyone look down on you because of your gender, your age, your disability, your ethnicity or your setbacks in life, like that internal stuff for all of us that can, that can make us struggle. And I just want to put up a photo um, that I got developed recently. My dad had these huge slides that we were, never were able to look at and only for Christmas we got them done for my mum and I want to put it up and it's me as a seven-year-old on a family holiday and I am just living my best life. <laughs> I don't know That's anything adorable. about knock knees or a pot belly <laughs> or flies on my face. All I know is I've got a little mask on my head and I want to get back in Lake Tabari and keep diving under that boat with my brothers and sisters on holidays. And I wonder <laughs> if at the end of our lives, we're going to look back over the decades of our life yep. that we're in right now where we're struggling and we see ugliness and we see defeat and we see maybe um, the stuff that we're not happy about ourselves and we're going to look back and go, I was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was never going to make a David Jones catalogue <coughs> as a seven-year-old, but I look at that <laughs> photo and I go, I'm just absolutely gorgeous. Right. Little kid. Yeah. with my knock knees, living my best life. And I loved that one piece because it had a skirt. <laughs> I loved it. 
Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And the truth is in our teens, our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, our 80s, our 90s, there are hardships and there are challenges. And when we're going into it, it's like a mountain. And then you get to the other side of it and you start to see, oh, heck, there's opportunities. There's wonder here that I didn't know was there. There's expectations, there's hopes, there's regrets, there's mistakes, there's disappointments, there's grief and loss, there's curveballs, there's consequences of our childhood we didn't know we were going to keep living with and maybe mistakes that we made as teens and young people. And yet society throws all these ideas of success and beauty at us. And so here's, just to land this little little moment now, here's what I know that I want to share with you. Um, number one, Bible says, here's what the Bible says to you and I about ageing. Number one, this is what the Word says, the glory of the young is their strength and the grey hair of experience is the splendour of the old. And this is over the course of my life. Like at 29, I really hit a wall. I was successful in ministry, but I can tell you from the age of 20, when I got saved to 29, I had only kissed a certain boy in youth probably five times and that was it. (laughs) And so getting married, a decent relationship, all the stuff that I thought, oh my gosh, I'm 23, 24, that is so young and 30 is so far away. And you can say the same for your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. You're like, oh, that's so far away. I don't have to worry about it. I was like, 30 is coming and I'm such a failure. You know, I haven't got a house. I haven't got a boyfriend. I'm just, I'm just a failure. And it was hard. But I can tell you, turning 30, I wasn't married, but I, I had to do the work. I had to do the work in here with God. And I had to do some work with some of my behaviours and bring change. And I was like, right, bring on my 30s. My 30s are gonna be the best years of my life. But it didn't just happen if I just kept letting life carry me on. So the Bible says there's there's something right in every season of our life that we're meant to be doing it. I think we've gotta be really intentional. So what does the Bible say? Proverbs 20 verse 29 says, the glory of the young is their strength. So I'm gonna put up another picture. And again, this isn't going to get me a Chadwick's modelling contract, but here we go. I only found this photo a few weeks ago because I got them developed. It's a picture of me when I'm 17 with my mum at netball with my sisters. And I look at it now as a 59-year-old woman and I go, I am so beautiful. Because in that picture, we're not talking about a beauty that's skin deep, but everything about youth that is breathtaking. The awkwardness, the shyness, the laughter, the dreams, the possibility when you're over the top, when you're clunky socially, the passion, the craziness, the dreams that you have of a better future and doing it better than the old people right now. Exactly like what Acts 2 verse 17 says, young people should be life. And if you're a teenager and you're a 20 year old something and you're a 30 year old mom, single person, whatever, you're young. And your glory is your youth. And it's more than skin deep. And you're strong. 
and you can go and do stuff because you've got this passion. I said to Lynn Denton on Sunday, tell me about being at, at church. I turned around and said, tell me about being an older woman. She said, I'm just a girl on the inside That's whose right. body can't do what it used to. And she yeah. cracked up laughing. I said, that's exactly right. So your glory is your so strength. True. That's where your beauty is. So please don't just work out at a gym to get a bigger yeah. backside and take out a rib <laughs> to fit in this idea's <laughs> culture's idea of beauty. Do what you want, <coughs> so but good. your beauty is in your strength. And ageing is most beautiful, according to the Bible, in your experience. That's where your splendour is. And that word splendour that means the glory, a glory and nobility that is beautiful and instills awe. And the Bible actually says that your beauty as you get older is found in your wisdom. Now get this, wisdom isn't getting old, gnarly, negative, disillusioned, oh yeah, I've been there, done that. I think wisdom comes when we reflect when we extract the wisdom of life. Yeah. And you, I've got to work harder to get more refined like gold, mm -hmm. not just, oh yeah, been there, done that, more, more laps around the block. And that's the challenge of ageing. And to sum it up, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 8, what's the goal for all of us? Are we being transformed into the likeness mm -hmm. of Christ? Beautiful. And I don't want that just to be like Christian fluff. I mean, that is the goal. Okay in a culture that has reduced ageing to something that has just become skin deep yeah. and very surfacy, yeah. And I love that. And also Romans 11 verse 29, God gives us His giftings and callings for life yeah. and they're never leaving us. Yeah. And they are a toolkit that we can approach ageing for life. And I just wanna encourage us all with that today and to push back against a culture that would diminish any of us and say that we're a failure in any season or moment of challenge because with Christ, it's from glory to glory to glory. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well done. Come on, girls, put your hands together. And I know I'm watching the chat here, Donna, as you're speaking and they're like, preach it, Donna. So true, loving it. There was one woman who just said, I think said, you know, happy to be 37 and six years cancer free. Right. And so like, this is the real world that we're living with. And I love, I love that um, Lenny Denton would yeah. um, articulate yet again that, you know what, actually regardless of age, the little girl within us yeah. um, remains. Yeah. And it always has and it always will. Yeah. In like manner, the little boy and those aging men. <laughs> is still there yes. too. And some of you are like going, amen, totally. <laughs> it's like your other child, right? But anyway, that aside. So yay. You know, at Sisterhood Table, we are so, um, we're so familiar with just the ebb and flow of going from here to here to here. Um, thank you for that, Donna. Actually, it was um, full of gold. But um, we've got Fuzzy here. And so I just want to say first and foremost, I do want to say this with heartfelt, that um, above everything else, your family and you're our sister here today. We're sisters together and so it's awesome. I've thoroughly enjoyed our text relationship <laughs> over the last 12 months. We're only meeting for the first time this week yeah. and this woman does a lovely thing. You asked me, um, you said to me, Bobby, you type very fast. Yes. Text, you text very fast and I'm like, N -n -n and if I'm on my iPad, you're gonna get like paragraphs from me. <laughs> but you like to send, oh, my stomach keeps rumbling. Hallelujah. Um, you like to send yeah, um, voice I've, I've messages yes. and prayers. Yes, that's true. You do. And I, over this past 12 months, I have loved those prayers. 
They're warm and they're beautiful and amazing. Okay, your area of expertise is that you are a global diversity and inclusion strategist. That's correct. Correct. Give me a high five. I got that right. Amen. <laughs> and amongst many other things, she's qualified in everything. But um, amongst other things, uh, Fuzzy sits on our Hillsong Australia Racial Diversity and Inclusion Committee. And it's been a great blessing as we as a church are seeking to frame um, our um, beliefs and our convictions and wisdom going forward in this world. And so, and you're also en route to Geneva for your God-given, I believe, um, God-given dream position in the United Nations. So you can speak to that in a moment. But it is actually a joy to have you here, darling girl. And I know so many people are excited. So, um, sweetheart, we got to last year when we were doing the iGram Lives, I got to do one with you and um, it was so much fun. But I would love you just to share with the girls, take as much time as you like. Obviously, we're working here, but take as much time as you like. <laughs> I'm the one. Every time I try to redeem time, girls, I waste time. Yeah. But um, just share some of your story and some of the things, some of the shifts and challenges and even changes that you have encountered as a woman because I think you've got a powerful story to tell and share. Thank you very much. Um, and, and Donna, thank you for what you shared. I think one of the things that resonated with me that just reminded me of, um, you know, just my story was, you know, this whole notion of, you know, looking back and reflecting and just loving who you are. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, throughout my, you know, my, my story, um, I was born in Zimbabwe. I grew up in the States, but, you know, um, throughout my life, I've just experienced all forms of abuse from sexual abuse as a young girl. Um, and it just continued right until my adult life. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you experience that, you, uh, develop insecurities, you mm -hmm. lose sight of the bigger picture, you feel like, you know, there's something wrong with you. Right. And it shapes the way that you engage, it shapes your behavior, oh, wow. and all of that. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I was a broken and uh, damaged um, woman, evolving and trying to navigate the issues of life. Mm -hmm. And of course, then what you see in the media and trying to create a body image of who you are, um, you know, oftentimes is at peril. So you almost feel like you're never getting there. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've been very fortunate to have had is that I came to know God um, at a very young age, um, at 11, and, um, you know, in boarding school, and a teacher led me to the Lord. And so I, I'm very grateful for the fact that that was, you know, something that I could, um, you know, sort of uh, go back on. But as I've aged, you know, one thing that a lot of people will often say to me, particularly in the last few years, and in terms of all the stuff that has happened and that I've done, is, you know, um, you are educated or you are and I and I look at them and I'm like actually what you're seeing of me now is something that's only happened in the last uh, six years yeah. I mean I went to university for the first time in my life the year I turned 40 yeah, and I am 48 yeah. I, I am 48 and for those who think I look young all I can say is black don't crack so you know I've got good genes yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, you know, that was a big thing for me because, you know, thinking of going yeah. to university with all these young people, um, you know, I'm a single mom of, of two, 
trying to figure out, you know, going through a relationship breakdown um, and having your whole identity tied into a title of being someone's wife and a mom. Um, I I had no idea who I was. You know, I, I was so insecure about so many things that I couldn't find, you know, my, my purpose in life. And so when my marriage broke down, I thought my life was literally over because I had no other reference in terms of who I was. But, you know, God, in, in the moment when I was having a self-pity party, um, you know, my eight-year-old uh, son at the time comes knocking on the door and he's like, I'm hungry. I need a sandwich. And then it kind of jolted me back to life. And I realized that, you know what, I've got a responsibility. Um, and one of the things that, I'll, that I did, and it wasn't, I don't think it was conscious at the moment, but I called my two boys into my room and I just said to them, look, um, I'm hurting. I, I know that you guys are going through a lot, but I'm just going to ask for a, a favor. If we could commit to just being in the house of God for one year. I just said wow. one year. And at that time, we're going to a church that met on a Friday and on a Sunday. And I said, if we could just commit to one year of going to church consistently, we will come back and then we'll assess where we are after a year. But I just don't know what I can do for you other than we just have to be in church. And that completely changed, you know, uh, our worlds. It shaped everything moving forward. I then started university just trying to discover who I was. And I mean, at 40, you know, you you read everything and you're thinking, I'm really at the end. I'm starting, you know, the end. And, you know, when you think about being a young girl, I always say to people, I think my knees and my hips have just gone on leave. I'm not sure when they're coming back to work. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was a period where you try and discover um, who you are. And so, yes, I have experienced a few challenges in life, just like all of us, life happens. But I think the one constant has been keeping God at the center mm -hmm. and actually enjoying every season because it doesn't come back again. And so this is what I've enjoyed about this particular topic is that as we journey, as we grow, as we age, it's just a different season. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things and beauty that comes yeah, from, wow. from those seasons. I am um, amazing story. Yeah. And like, shout out to you at 40, yeah. deciding to rediscover yourself and even go to um, university and, and start a new pathway. I mean, yet last week we talked about how the world will often say, um, you know, 40 and over the hill. Mm. And I, if you recall, I was saying, no, no, no. It's like we get to this peace, peace in the journey. And then it's like upwards and onwards mm -hmm. and into the call of God, you know. And I, you know, I wrote down here that... Um, Revelation is a foundation. Revelation is a foundation that we are constantly building upon with each passing season. And I would venture to say, because I want to say it pastorally, you know, 2020, 2021, even possibly 2022, um, you know, we are seasons where we are in ourselves right now determining where we're going to stand mm -hmm. and how well we're going to stand in the season that is in front of us. And I actually think it's a critical time on the earth. Yeah. It's not, this is a critical time on the earth for the world mm -hmm. and it is a super critical time for the body of Christ, for mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. You know, um, yesterday, Fuzzy and I had a three hour lunch. Oh, it yeah. was awesome. We yes. didn't want it to end, no, correct? No, we didn't until my son interrupted. <laughs> I think the I think the restaurant owner wanted it to end, but um, 
But um, we talked um, we talked about everything under the sun, but we talked a lot about um, the racial upheaval of last year in particular, 2020. So um, Fuzzy, as one with expertise, because I think that's important, you do have expertise. This is who you are and this is what you've given your life to, the study of and, you know, whatever. Um, like it might be a difficult one to answer in entirety, but where do you see the world 12 months on? Where do you see the body of Christ? Again, a huge reality. Where do you see the body of Christ, the greater body of Christ around the world 12 months on? And even where do you see our church, our church family, Hillsong, 12 months on? Can you answer that? I will do to my a degree. best. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I think first of all, um, just uh, touching on what Donna uh, sort of uh, started and this whole notion of body image. And I think for women of color, particularly for black women, when the standard that is set um, is, you know, women who look a certain way or all you see is, you know, blonde hair or, you know, white women who, um, you know, look beautiful in, on that standard, you often find it difficult to find your place, particularly if there's not a lot of representation. Yeah. And so I think that is important for us to understand that while we had this racial upheaval, there's a lot of other things around that. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, um, the flare up in terms of, you know, the killing of George Floyd and all of that. I think for women of color in particular, you know, we've always felt that we were, you know, playing catch up. We, there's never been a standard where, you know, our beauty and who we are as women is something that people valued. And I think when we think about last year, um, one of the first things that I noticed is, um, you know, why I feel like it got traction is we started hearing from people that we hadn't heard from before. So, you know, the events of last year are not new. You know, people yeah. are being killed um, and have been killed for centuries, yeah. um, black people. And so last year though, there was something, there was a stirring and I, I started seeing white voices actually standing up and saying racism is wrong, you know? And that is when the momentum, in my opinion, started to shift because we're hearing from allies who are saying, this is not acceptable. And I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, fanfare around that topic. We started seeing organizations, companies, and our church, you know, on the forefront in terms of, you know, making a stand. And so last year we started to see that. But if I'm honest, I think it's waned a bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and, and that was always my, my, you know, my desire was that these conversations would continue, that if we engage in conversation around this, if we decide um, as a church, as a community, as an organization, we have to be committed to the process because mm -hmm. the work is a marathon and it's yeah. not a sprint. It is not something that can be changed by having, you know, uh, one training or just one conversation. It has to be a journey that we commit to taking um, until we start to see the changes. And I think that, you know, obviously like with interruptions, you know, uh, social interruptions and things in life and cycle and also with media, it's always the next story. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I feel like this is how we have engaged with racial justice and equity is we've made it into a story. But it's actually a life and death yeah. uh, story. Mm -hmm. It is something that impacts people uh, on a life and death um, kind of, you know, a scale. And I think that, 
you know, as Christians, we are called to walk alongside. And I feel like our church, yes, we we led and we came out strong. Um, you know, there's been a lot of other things, um, you know, that we've had to deal with as, as, as you know, as a church. Um, and I and I think for a lot of people who are hurting, they probably felt that we have forgotten them. But from the global committee's perspective, we've actually been doing a lot of work. And one of the things that, about this topic is, you know, I, I often say with diversity and inclusion, diversity is the visible stuff. So it's easy to set a target and say, we want to have X amount of women um, on a table. Um, let's throw in some people of color, you know, and all of that. So diversity is visible. The inclusion bit isn't. You know, inclusion is about people's attitudes and it's about behaviors and it's very hard to measure. And so what we're seeing is, you know, but the thing about inclusion is that's where you get a sense of belonging. And so I feel like people, you know, from a diversity perspective, from probably uh, having conversations that focus on the visible aspect, you know, um, from a global perspective, we might have done well. From an inclusion perspective in terms of do people's feel a sense of belonging? Do they feel that their voice is heard? We haven't been doing well, and that's across the board. And I think the only way for us to change that is to affirm people's experiences because people are hurting. Mm -hmm. And the reality is our world um, has standards that have been set, and they're not set for people of color's experiences. They're actually set for white people's experience. And this is just the nature of how things are. And so when we then talk about trauma, when we talk about how we're impacted by a lot of things, and we're seeing this even with, um, you know, the injustice and discrimination that Asian people are facing, is like our stories are not mainstream enough to be part of the conversation. And that's the reality is we have to understand that, you know, none of us can tell people when to get over trauma, mm -hmm. you know, when yeah. to stop a conversation. Yeah. And I think this is one thing that I would love to encourage everyone is like, we are called to walk alongside. Yeah. We talk about it. We talk and we sing. We talk about break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm -hmm. Racism breaks God's heart. Yeah. It is not his intention. Mm -hmm. And so as a community of believers, as people, you know, um, if we are walking and, and you know, uh, having a life where we're trying to um, work out our salvation, but also grow in his likeness, mm -hmm. then we can't afford not to like people because yeah, we are created right. in his likeness, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. You know, that's what the Bible tells us. And the Bible doesn't say that his likeness is black or white. Mm -hmm. It talks about us being spirit beings yeah. and created in his likeness. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely a lot more work that needs to be done. And I think as a church, we recognize that. It's something we talk about on the committee, but I think we we, we just need to do more. We need to do more in terms of creating uh, space and psychological safety for people to share their experiences and be patient enough for people to talk about what they're feeling. Because I think sometimes, you know, when we are confronted with conversations and issues that make us uncomfortable, we jump to action. You know, we want to yeah. solve something. And sometimes it's not about the action, it's just about listening. You know, yeah. it's about listening more. It's about walking in compassion mm -hmm. and understanding that there's something flawed in our system. And it's not about, you know, who's to blame. But I think that fundamentally, what I would always encourage people is, what is the goal that we want? Mm -hmm. Because as a church community, as somebody who, this is my family, I want my family to flourish. I want my family to prosper. 
And so if we can come together with a shared understanding of having the same goal and vision of we want to see racial justice and reconciliation, we want to be able to have a church community where everybody feels like, you know, there's a place for me here, that changes the way I behave, it changes what I say to you. And I think that's the thing is we all have to understand that what we want is that we're on the same team. We're actually wanting the same results and we need to be careful then how we talk to each other, how we behave Mm -hmm. and also be willing to be corrected when we've made mistakes. This journey, this conversation, it's new. Even for me as a black woman, I'm having conversations I've never had. I'm also learning, you know? Um, You can never really be an expert in any of this because every day is different. And because I'm learning, I have to afford other people the right to, to also learn in this process. But I think that we need to just try and listen more and affirm and acknowledge the experiences of others, knowing that they're just as valid. Even if we can't relate to it, we shouldn't dismiss it and tell people to get over something that they've carried for, for centuries, really, and born into the, in that trauma. Amen. 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 She, you articulated a lot of life and a lot of truth. Um, magnificently there, but it is true, isn't it? It's like we, and we need to, we were having a conversation at a planning meeting um, on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday anyway, um, and we were talking about just grace to change, affording people grace to change, grace to listen, grace to um, empathise, to have compassion, grace to um, forgive, grace to rise up, grace to move on. And I just think it's something that I think everyone that I know that we've dealt with in the last, especially in the last 12 months, who are, have areas of expertise in this, they are all saying, listen, we didn't, the world didn't get here overnight and it's going to take time to process our way through. And that's where we just, I believe, need to have a, a great commitment to the, to the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the will of God in this so that the world can actually move forward. And, you know, even yesterday we were talking about the difference, the ideal, you know, in an ideal world. Like, why can't, I, I often see people say, why can't the world be better? Why can't the world change? And it's a valid question. It's a real question. But, you know, at times we're, we're you know, as faith but faith people here, we're observing an unredeemed world and a redeemed world. And um, sometimes there's a disparity there because the redeemed world, if Christ is present, they want to move on. They want to learn. They want to listen. They want to know when to be quiet and pay attention and et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes the world without Christ can be harsh and unforgiving. And like they want change, but aren't prepared to actually look at where the woundedness truly is and aren't prepared to, act, don't actually know how to put the, the healing balm of God on it. Yeah. I mean, I love that you said in your story with your boys, I don't know whether you were still in um, Zimbabwe or America at the yeah. point, Perth, but you said, you actually said, let's go to church. Guys, let's give it a year and let the Spirit of God, let worship, let the Word, mm-hmm. let fellowship, let imperfect but people who have got hearts to love one another come alongside and it became balm in your life, correct? Yes. Amen. You've kind of answered a little bit and time is, is going, but um, at yes, yesterday at lunch, um, again, in context of race and diversity, we talked a little bit about um, the discord yep. and the division 
and the falling short, the falling short of the glory and the goodness of God when um, that comes when we fail to see what is beyond what is on the surface or skin deep. And when we fail to see beyond that to what actually is the image of God um, refining and taking shape within one another. And I would love if you've got, if you've got, can just speak to that a little bit. Yeah, because I could look at you, Fadzi, my Zimbabwean African sister. You could look at me, your Kiwi half quarter tongue and half tongue and sister. We could just end it there. Or we can look deeper into our hearts and into our souls and into our spirit realm, created in the image of God. Like give give the girls some wisdom there. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've had to wrestle with in this work is how does theology just frame my work? You know, as a Christian, as a woman of faith, how do I reconcile all of these conversations? And, you know, everything for me starts with Scripture. And I think one of the things that I shared with you is that, um, you know, God started speaking to me about the fact that I have to be a woman who walks by faith and not by sight. And it's easy to be caught up in walking by sight because what sight tells me is that there is, you know, racial turmoil. What sight tells me is that there's racism in every sphere of life. Um, And if I am a woman who walks by sight, I might never see the hope um, and, and what God is trying to do. And I think that we have to shift as believers to actually walk by faith. So even when we're seeing things that, you know, uh, don't give us hope that they'll change, as believers, we have to, um, you know, tap into that. We have to tap into the fact that we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And, you know, when the Bible says in Genesis 1.27 that we are created in the likeness, you know, in His likeness, in His image, you know, Um, When we then act out in racism or when we reject somebody or when I look at you and I see the outside, uh, I'm actually rejecting God. And that is, you know, for me, that is profound. Mm, So we can't pretend that every time we treat people differently because of how they look, we're actually rejecting God Mm. because we are created in, in His image. And so... The problem with us is that when we get so used to walking by sight and we base everything on the visible, we fail to go deeper. And, you know, this is one thing that I was, you know, sharing with my friends, uh, my son and his friends, is that, you know, walking the, the life of faith, the Bible tells us it is a, it is a, a narrow road and there's so many things that will take you away. But, you know, the Bible also tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so if we understand that, then I have to change my thoughts and my behaviors towards people, even when I feel that they're doing something wrong, because that is me walking out, you know, by what I'm seeing, but I'm also attacking a human being and not the principality and power behind that. And we know that our world is broken and we have to find the goodness of God. We've got to protect our hearts and we have to know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so I choose then to say, God, in this situation, when I feel I'm being attacked, what does walking by faith look like? Um, And I wish that every believer would have this mindset Mm -hmm. because if we all had that mindset and knew that we were 
uh, on the same team, then we wouldn't be able to treat people differently. As a black woman, I shouldn't feel that when I go into spaces, when I'm probably the only black person in a room, then I don't feel awkward. I don't feel like there's no place for me. But then I know that when we're having a table conversation and there is a table set before me, I have a a part to play. Yeah. I have a voice that can be heard. And I think that this is where we need to get to. Um, Bobby and every one of you listening is let's be uh, women who walk by faith and not by sight. Let us, you know, commit to having a journey where we walk alongside people, where we, you know, truly can sing and say that, you know, break my heart for what breaks yours, yeah. but also see people and see God in them because that is what we're called to do. I am just as much loved by God as anybody else. And that requires intention on our part. That requires commitment. Um, if we can commit, for those of you who are married, um, you made your vows. And when you got together and you said, you know, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, before any sickness or any situations that cause that rift, but you made the commitment. As believers, what is the commitment we make to God? You know, um, and what is the commitment that we then make to each other? Because life happens, as we know, to all of us. And there's going to be days that are harder than others. But we have to commit to the process of not only working out our salvation, but actually being somebody who is growing in the likeness of God. And that means that everything that God cares about, I have to make it a mission to care about as well. So good. Thank you. You know, there's, we used to say this thing way back. I haven't said it for a long time. You'd look at someone and you'd say, you wear God well. Remember that? Yeah. You wear God well. Yeah. So I'm saying that to you, you wear God well. You wear God well. You wear God very well. And so do you girls. And like time has escaped us. We're like it's been almost 45 minutes. We're trying to be diligent here. Um, so I, we're going to continue um, the next time we have the table. That was always my intention. Um, but Fadzi, you'll be on an aeroplane to Geneva. Oh. So just really quickly in the last moments, and we're going to pray for you and just send you girls back into your rooms and what have you. But um, just, just tell us really quickly what you're doing in Geneva and then how can we as your sisterhood, your friends and family support you? Yeah. So I am taking on a position. I've actually already started. I started on the 1st of April. So my title is Senior Program Officer in brackets, um, Diversity and Inclusion Advisor to the High Commissioner and the Deputy High Commissioner of the Office of Human Rights. So fairly senior role. And I will be helping them um, just unpack you know, racial uh, equity. Um, it's a big thing that's come up for the United Nations office, um, looking at how we can reconcile how, um, you know, the work that we do in different countries is fair and just across all countries. And there's no divide between the different countries and also who we hire, who we are bringing into the organization. Um, and so um, I would love your prayers because, you know, obviously this is a huge position um, at a global level. And, you know, as a woman of faith um, who's going into the system, mm -hmm. may you just continue to pray for me that um, I will live a life worthy of the gospel. Um, that's always my desire and that I'll be able to be a blessing to those around me. So I'd appreciate your prayers and also for my sons who I'm leaving behind um, here. <laughs>
Okay, give me your hand. Okay, we're gonna hold hands. Look at us, we've never done this at the table before. Okay, if you are able, why don't you just grab someone's hand if you can, and we're gonna pray for Fudzi. Mm -hmm. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful, beautiful gift. And um, we love her with all our heart, soul and strength. We're so honoured, Lord Jesus, to be doing life together. Mm -hmm. And Father, as our sister, as she takes this step of faith and moves to um, the Northern Hemisphere, that Lord, you're going to go before her. You already have, you've opened a door, you've made a way. Father God, as she walks in faith, I know that you're going to meet her every step of the way. And we commit as a sisterhood to stand, to remember her, to pray for her and to be there. We commit her family, her sons. Lord Jesus, they're in good care here. We pray that um, they'll just flourish and go from strength to strength. Lord, we pray that as she finds a new home, a church home in Geneva, Father God, as she builds new relationships and new friendships, and literally a new home, an apartment, Father God, that you are going to be there every step of the way. Protect her health, protect her heart and her spirit, strengthen her in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Well done, everyone. Ah, oh, don't want you to go. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. Don't yeah. leave us. <laughs> Amen. And if we had any brains, we would have like recorded another table later this afternoon and um, had that up our sleeves, but we're not that clever. Um, you know what? It's been a beautiful morning. I really hope and pray that you've been blessed. So much layered gold here, here. There's just layered gold everywhere. And that is the nature of our good, good God. Amen. And so you're going to go and have a great afternoon. But before that, if you're in our locations, um, our girls there are going to just uh, attend to some things that are actually really important, girls. Amen. And I would just like to apologise for my rumbling stomach. I feel like there's been a lion under the desk. My stomach, the, the sound guys will be like, oh my gosh, feed that woman something. Anyway, I'm going to have a biscuit because this is about Mother's Day, 10 bickies. All right, love you, be blessed, have a great one. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.